Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, guys, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. And that's right, it's the full-time fantasy office, formerly known as Scout Fantasy Sports. But Adam Ronas, we're full-time, and we're full-time fantasy. That's right. That's where you can find us. The same old staff, same old people, just a new name. A new name. You said the same old staff, same old people makes it sound boring. Great staff, great people, Ronas. Well, just so you know that there's no changes. People see a change in name, and they're like, oh, no, who's there? Did my guys leave? We're still here delivering the great content that we always do. That is the very good point. I have to go change my Twitter and my Facebook and all my stuff. Did you do that yet, Adam? No, I didn't. Aha, uh-huh. see? I thought about it at least. I, I didn't did, do it, but I, I thought did, about it. I did think about it a couple days ago, but now it's official. So I didn't want to do it until it was official. Now it is. Okay, so I will do it uh, after, after the show. I will make a point of doing it this afternoon before I get yelled at by my bosses. All right, but what we do have this month is May Madness because today is what, Adam? Is it May 1st? It is. So it begins May Madness at full-time fantasy and we had our first draft and go best ball draft last night where um big people that we know in the in in high stakes players are already drafting which i think is great and in may we always give away uh teams for the fantasy football world championship so uh let's take a look at the first couple of rounds and see if there were things that we thought were surprising saquon barkley went one overall there's no surprise there adam none at all i mean he's great player I guess my question is this. Eli slash Daniel Jones is the quarterback. The offensive line is like you, me, and a couple of palookas who aren't that good. You got receivers who can't really go downfield. Is Saquon going to see eight-man boxes all year? Uh, I mean, it wasn't the ideal situation last year either, and he still produced. Uh, So I haven't really kind of decided yet. You know, I really haven't really delved into football yet. I'm still in baseball mode. But I think it comes down to him or Zeke for me. Uh, you know, Zeke, you could say, is in the better offense. Uh, the offensive line should improve if they're able to get Travis Forever back. And uh, the knock that I heard for years, Zeke doesn't catch the football, and it was uh, stupid because we knew he had the ability to do it. It was just the coaching staff not getting him the ball enough. And they did it last year in a big way. And you started to see signs of it two years ago. Uh, Zeke had, what, I think 77 receptions last year. So he can catch the football. And really with Zeke last year, nine total touchdowns, that's not going to last again. Zeke's certainly capable of giving you 13 to 15. So I think you can make an argument for Zeke number one. Uh, But I have no problem if someone wants to go Barkley one. Right. I think it's Barkley. I think Barkley will go number one in, I'm going to say, 85% of drafts. And and I I have no problem with that. And I think Zeke will be in like 10% of drafts. And then some random guy will be in 5% of drafts because there's always a little crazy going on. Alvin Kamara went two, but you know, look, I don't like Lat Murray, but I like him enough to think that he's going to get about ten carries a game. 
he's gonna he might get more than that. He's gonna play the Ingram role. Just look at the history of the Saints. They're always top two in running backs for fantasy. Latavius Murray's playing a big role in this offense. I think it's clear with Kamara what they're doing. They don't want to overwork this guy. He has yet to get 200 carries in a season. He had 194 last year and sat out one game. And we did, of course, see that efficiency dip. He went from 6.1 yards per carry to 4.6, which is still very good. And he's going to be heavily involved in the passing game. It's now two straight years of at least 81 receptions. And he had 18 total touchdowns last year. It's going to be tough for that number to repeat. And I just don't see them giving him 250 carries. And it doesn't mean that he's not a top five pick. I just don't, I can't take him number two over Zeke and McCaffrey. I can't do it. Look, and I'm going to tell you why you're absolutely right. When are the most important weeks? 14, 15, 16. Last year, he went 12 for 51 rushing, 5 for 36 receiving, and 14. In week 15, it was 4 for 67, a touchdown, 7 for 36. Week 16 against Pittsburgh, 7 for 23 and 4 for 82. Those are good numbers. They're not sensational numbers. They're good. But I don't want good. I want great because when I'm trying to win... $150,000, I can't afford a guy go 12 for 51 and 5 for 36. I mean, you're talking about 13 points in a fantasy league. Not enough. Yeah, remember last year, too, that they really struggled offensively down the stretch. I don't know if it began with the Cowboys game or if it was the week before, but they struggled against the Cowboys. The offense just wasn't great down the stretch, and obviously we saw it catch up to them in the postseason. I know that obviously there was the bad call towards the end of the game, but they just weren't the explosive offense that we saw earlier in the year. I just don't think that he's going to get the workload of like, like he's not going to get a bigger workload than Zeke. He's just not. I mean, if you could tell me Kamara's more dynamic, you can tell me that, you know, he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. But again, he caught four more passes than Zeke last year. Zeke had way more carries. And again, I just don't see Zeke scoring nine touchdowns next season. Like, he's going to get back to double digits. It was one of those fluke things where he just didn't get the touchdown. So, you know, you're going to go based on workload. And to me, Zeke's getting more touches. So I, I got to take him. And you could even say McCaffrey should well, go that, over and I was gonna, And I was going to talk about McCaffrey. I would take Kamara four. I, mean, I would I take Barkley, Elliott, McCaffrey, and some combo of those three. And let's talk about McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey had a lot of carries. A lot of uh, he was on the field a whole lot. But you know what? He was magnificent. He single-handedly got me to like first place. Remember, I was first place overall going into the last week of the online championship. I mean, Christian McCaffrey was a big part of that, Adam. So I mean. I can't ask for anything more than this guy. He just is sensational catching the ball, and he does everything that you want him to do, and he doesn't share like Alvin Kamara shares. McCaffrey doesn't share. Yeah, and another guy, too, that they really utilized them smartly, 219 carries. So another guy they didn't want to overwork, but he is just such a force in the passing game. And we're talking PPR leagues for most people, or at least when we talk fantasy football world championships, it's PPR format. So... We know he's going to be an entire— Do you know how many receptions he had last year? Yeah, 107. 107. It's insane. (laughs) So he gives you—that's the thing. Even on a bad week, what is his floor? Five for 50, at least in the passing game most weeks? He had had one game—well, I'm not going to count week 17 because he barely played. He had one game below four receptions last year, and that was two catches in week three. Every other week, it was at least four receptions, and most weeks, five, six, seven. It just gives you a high floor. That's without him even touching the football. Do you know on, the, how, on a carry. 
Do you know how lucky I was last year on that team that was number one going into the last week? I had Barkley in round one and McCaffrey in round two. Oh, wait people a second. Did, when did you did, do that draft, bro? Like, it, like in uh, the end of July, June. early August? Really? No, not June. I don't draft in June. It's like the end of July. But my point to you is this. McCaffrey started to with a round two pick, and right. then he started to heat up, and I took him in round two in two drafts because I knew that he was going to heat up. I get to Vegas. You can't even touch this guy right. anymore. If I remember correctly, wasn't he going late second round? Yeah, no, like around like two round, round picks. You know, if you're picking seven or eight, you were getting him in round two. Right. And I think it was like, yeah, you're right. Like the second half of round two, anywhere right. from like the middle, the middle of round 17 to 21. Right. In June. Right. Yeah, and, and then in July it was still around there, but by right. August it was inching closer to pick number twelve to sixteen. By the time we got to Vegas, he was going number eight. Oh yeah, I definitely saw some high stakes players even like in August taking him seven or eight. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Bill, I, Bill and I had eleven last year in one of our drafts, and I was praying to get McCaffrey, and he was gone at eight. And I'm like, if this had been July, dude, we have him for sure at eleven. And For again, sure. that's another example of why if you're going to play in multiple leagues, and a lot of us do, and I know a lot of people listening do, it's always smart to do a couple drafts early. Because if you are really high on a player and you know that their stock is going to go up and everyone else is going to see it, McCaffrey is the perfect example. Not the perfect, but one of them where... You were getting a top five value at the, the second end of round, round two, man. Know, in the middle round two. I mean, it's just unreal. I would say it was like pick 20. What, what, what is that? Like, so 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, somewhere around pick 18, 19. I mean, that's I was getting him. There's no way you should be getting McCaffrey at that point. No way. And people are like, well, he's not big enough. Or maybe they won't give him the ball. Dude, skills always went out in the NFL. I think that's what it was. I think people were just looking at it, and they said, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's going to get the volume because they looked at the year before. He had only 117 carries. Now, Carolina was pretty vociferous. They were saying, yeah, we're, we're going to give this guy a big workload. And we always know we cannot believe everything the coaches say because they were saying some absurd things, too. I think they were like, yeah, he can get well, – wasn't it a quote, something like he can get 30 touches a game? Right? Wasn't one of the coaches saying that on the staff, right. I thought? Mm -hmm. yeah. So we knew that was absurd. But they made it clear that they were going to feature him heavily, and he really wasn't going to split. And we knew, at least in PPR leagues, you saw 80, 60, 51 but, as a rookie. But that Anderson that, was, a, was, was atrocious with the Panthers. He goes to the Rams, and he's a second coming. A lot of yeah, I mean that was a good offensive system. Not that Carolina was bad. It's just the way they utilized McCaffrey was more in the passing game, and right. that's not right. a strength of C.J. Anderson. Right, and that and that what and that is what makes McCaffrey spe so special is that 107 catches, the 219 rushing for you know a thousand yards is good. Don't get me wrong, it's good, but it's not great. The receiving is great. That's what, yeah. that's what separates. Yeah, for sure, and you know it's similar with Kamara. I just think that. Uh, McCaffrey has a little bit more touches guaranteed than uh, than Kamara. I oh, mean, for sure, for sure, yeah, that, for sure. The, Not even because because La Latavius Murray is going to play a role. I know a lot of people hate him, and you know we're all guilty of kind of saying, "Oh, Latavius Murray." I actually drafted him in our Vegas league last year. And he was a savior. I didn't expect <laughs> it. It was like round ten or eleven. I'm I like, love this guy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, because well, right. Dalvin Cook got hurt. Uh yes. Right. Oh, well, he, he wasn't hurt at the time, but yeah. But he did get hurt, and that's why Murray's value skyrocketed. Right. Even behind a bad offensive line, he still put up solid numbers. And now he's going to the Saints and that system? Yeah, man. Look, that's real cure. I didn't look. Where did Latavius Murray go here? 
I'm curious to see that. Uh, let's see. How come my eyes can't find him? Did he go later than I thought? Do you see him here? I'm looking. I don't oh see God, him. I don't... <laughs> he's, he he definitely went. He had to go. Let me see. There he go. Uh, uh -huh. Round seven. RB34. I think that's a bargain, man. Oh, it was only at the end. I didn't see it. Yeah. I think that's a bargain. Round seven. Well, he went, uh, let's see, he went before Royce Freeman, Miles Sanders. I like Miles Sanders. Um, it's a good pick right there. I think I, well, let's see. Would you have taken him over McKinnon? Would you take Rashad Penny, Montgomery, or McKinnon over Murray? Uh, I take Murray over Tevin Coleman. I don't like Tevin Coleman at all this year. Yeah, I take Murray over him too. I take Murray over Jordan Howard, who I think is plods. Agreed. Yeah, that's so. There's some bad picks here. I, I didn't. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really study the board that that intently. Yeah, I, I didn't at, either. I didn't either. I just. I, did. I just when we started discussing Murray, I was just curious to see where he goes because I just think he's gonna have value this year in that offense. Like, like I think people look at Murray and they say, oh, this guy's not that good. But it's all about where you are in the system. And you can plug pretty much anyone into that Saints offense as a running back. They're going to have value. You know he's going to play a, a role in this. I mean, you could kind of look and see what Ingram did last year. Maybe those are the similar numbers you'll get for Murray. And where are people drafting Ingram when he's healthy? Fourth I think, it, no, no, Ingram is better than Murray. Ingram he is, is shiftier. I, he's lower to the ground. Murray runs a little high. But they're, does, they're but, similar, but Ingram's better. He is, but I mean... Also, Murray was not behind a good offensive line last year. No, that's true. The, the Vikings were terrible. All right. So we're in agreement. Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, Elliott, not in that order, but that, those guys should go. The fifth pick was DeAndre Hopkins, followed by Devontae Adams at six. Would you have taken those receivers before the likes of Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, Gurley, people like that? Our, I feel like we're in an age now where you kind of want to get that running back. It's no knock on the receivers. I mean, Hopkins is really good. Devontae Adams I love. I mean, you can make a case for him, in my opinion, to be the wide receiver one this year. But don't you want a running back, if you can, that three down back since they're disappearing? I think you want one because I'm afraid to look at your team if you don't have one. Right. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to look at your team. So let's look at all right the team number five. They go Hopkins, Evans, Diggs, Brandon Cooks, Luck. Then they go James White. Then they go Montgomery, Austin Eckler, Jalen Samuels, Jalen Richard, Henderson, Singletary. I get what he's doing there with Samuels and Richard and Eckler and White, but can you win with that? Uh, can you? Yeah, I think you can win in a variety of ways. Are the odds high? I'd say no. That's uh, a very Chad Schrader team, by the way. Chad Schrader... Uh, makes his team look like that a lot. He goes in a in that best ball round. or redraft. In redraft, he does that a lot. He goes with receivers early, never takes the quarterback, and then in those middle rounds, he gets all those like James White, Eckler, Richard, Naim Hines guys who just put ten points up every week. Yeah, and again, it can work. And obviously, Chad has illustrated how you can have success in a variety of ways. And you know, he was the champion in the FFWC last year, so. It can work, but that's also a redraft where he's going to the waiver wire, and we saw in one of the leagues he won, he picked up Damian Williams. So right. that can work. This is best ball. You're not making any moves for the year. I would feel I, – I, I don't like that strategy in this league. It, we could come back and look and say this team won and nailed it. I don't like doing that in this format, man. I, I, I need to have some running backs early in I, a best ball. Don't you agree? Well, no, I think you actually have one good one. Good one. 
No, so you would employ this strategy in a best ball? Uh, no, I want one good running back. I want one top running back in the first three, probably in the first. And then two you'll rounds. take your shots like he did on the two. So then yes. later on, like yes. you'll you'll take a shot on these PPR running backs, hoping they give you a high floor each week or play themselves into a bigger role. Yes. So I mean, if I could get Dalvin Cook or or Chubb or somebody, I just need one guy. Mix in. Give me one guy. It doesn't have to be Barkley or Kamara. Not everybody can get them. Give me one guy. I need one. Right, and of course, there's always a shot that guy gets hurt, but anyone can get hurt. You can't draft like that, but I agree. I want to get one of those three down backs early, and then if you feel like you're reaching on the second running back, just wait and take the receivers. Take the guys that you know are going to produce, and then take your flyers on the RB2s later on like he did here. Right, which is smart. I mean, look, it can work. Anything can work. We'll talk more about it later, but we're going to take a break, and we'll come back with DFS Golf right after this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Rain dance! Make it rain Five starters, all five starters over 15 points First time in Steve Carr era for the Golden State Warriors You're like, you're not beating that, I don't care what you do You're not beating that It's not just that they all score, it's not that ISO basketball They're playing a game that not many other teams can play Sometimes we get so caught up at looking and looking for the vulnerabilities of the Golden State Warriors That we forget that this is no ordinary team here, guys <laughs> Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern On the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers All right, we're back. We're full-time fantasy. That's right. We're fulltimefantasy.com. Check us out. We're formerly Scout Fantasy Sports. Don't go there. Go to fulltimefantasy.com, and you'll see all the people you know and all the people you trust giving you the best information to win your fantasy leagues. But right now, I'm going to a guy I trust for PGA DFS, my man Jeff Bergerson from fantasygolfinsider.com. What's up, my friend? How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, after a week off of DFS last week, we had the Zurich and not no DFS, so I'm well rested and ready to go for this week. All right. I, yeah, I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm out of my, I'm out of sorts, Jeff. I missed last week. You know, we didn't play, but let's get back onto the horse and ride it. Do I ride into glory and my millions or my hundred thousands with Rory McIlroy? 
Yeah, he's kind of been my guy all year. Uh, I've been on him, and his ownership hasn't been crazy out of hand for as great as he's been this year. He let us down a little bit at the Masters, uh, at a T21, uh, but he's you know he's just a guy who can win any event he enters, and this has been a good course for him in the past. He's won it twice. Uh, been you know top tens in most every appearance, uh, so I do have quite a bit of exposure to Rory. Pivoting right. off of him, I just don't think the discount on ownership is, is great enough for me. All right, so I was going to ask you, Day, Fowler, Rose, three guys we normally like, but there's not a huge discount. Maybe with Rose at fifteen hundred less, uh, what would you do? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to elect to go with Rory. Um, the, there's a little bit of a price savings. There's some question marks in Rose's games. Um, you know, I'm just going to pay up for Rory this week because I think Rose's ownership's probably going to end up at maybe 15% anyway, and Rory will probably be 22, 23, 24, somewhere in there. So I just don't see the reason to. I'm just going to stick with Rory. All right, I'm going to go a little bit deeper here. I'm going to go to Webb Simpson, who's from the area. His results here have been good, not stellar. I've thought about going on Webb, but he always disappoints me. Is this a week I should follow him, Jeff? I think so, yeah. Quail Hollow is his home course. He's had good success here. I mean, he's missed a couple cuts, but he's also had a couple of top fives. Last year, he was T21. Uh, I actually think he might be under the radar a little bit this week. I don't think he's going to be as popular as we originally thought early in the week because you got Paul Casey and Tony Finau, who's gained a lot of steam as the week has gone by. So Webb Simpson might give us uh, a little bit contrarian there, um, and I like him this week. But then again, I like him a lot. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's been very good this season. Um, and he was great last season. He is a good putter now. So uh, he's got great with the long irons and approach game. So I like Webb. Should we tell the listeners out there that one of your children is named Webb Burgesson? That's right. Okay, just want to throw that out there. Okay. All right, just kidding. All right, so uh, Paul Casey t- really, really, when I meant really, really disappointed us at the Masters. Will that lower his ownership this week? Uh, I originally thought so, but I, I don't think it's going to end up that way uh, because he bounced back. So he looked terrible at the Players' Championship, if you remember. And then he bounced back the next week and won uh, Valspar. So he looked terrible at Augusta, but I don't think he'll have any problem bouncing back this week. But I, I don't think he's going to be that low-owned. All right, Jeff, I need you to talk me off a ledge here. If I'm doing 10 lineups, I may have Phil Mickelson in six or seven, six or seven of those lineups. Crazy or smart? Um, that might be a little bit too high of exposure. I don't think you need to go that high. Um, I would I would drop down to maybe four of your lineups. I have 40% exposure to him, which will put you at about double the field. I think it's plenty. I do like him. I just don't think you want to overexpose your weekly bankroll on him. So Phil is going to bomb on this week, and this is a bomber's course. It is tree line. The fairways are extremely difficult to hit, but he is a magnificent scrambler and has gotten out of trouble here year after year after year. He's been exceptional. Uh, so I do have exposure to him this week. Um, just, just, just be careful. I mean, never do too much or more than you have to. All right, let me give you two names. One I like and one I usually hate playing, but maybe I should play him this week. Henrik Stenson can be very good when he's deadly but he's missed a lot of cuts here previously. And Patrick Reed, I never like rostering, but he's been good here. Do you like either of those guys? 
I don't have exposure to either one this week. If you like them, though, they are going to be very contrarian. Uh, Henrik Stenson will be owned by possibly single digits. Uh, could be like 8 or 9%. Um, great ball striker. I don't think of him a lot with driver in hand. He's better with his three wood, but he's long enough that he can compete with his three where, uh, you know, where other people hit their drivers. So uh, he hasn't been great this year and I just haven't seen the form. I like other alternatives around him a lot better. Reed, who I always like a lot is just having a rough season. Hasn't been great. He's had some success here and that's mostly because he scrambles. He's a great scrambler, good putter. Um, so he could have success. I just don't own, own him. I own more of Gary Woodland at 9K and Jason Kokrak at 87. Uh, so I really can't own those two guys. All right, let's take a look at that uh, mid-800, mid-8,000 range. Sung M, Lucas Glover, who I know is a favorite of FGI. Um, what about and Howell, Byung-Hung An, Johnny Vegas? Do we like names in that range? Yeah, this is a pretty good range. I think all of these guys have a chance to compete this week and be at the top of the leaderboard on Sunday. Uh, my favorites probably go um, Charles Howell third, and then Ben Ann. Uh, but I also like Johnny Vegas. He's been playing really good golf lately. Uh, this is a great course for him. He hits it a long ways. He can score on par fives. Uh, so I think he's a decent name this week. Um, I'm, I'm a lukewarm, <laughs> lukewarm, no pun intended, I'm Lucas Glover. Um, he, I've owned him a lot this year. I scaled back my ownership this week a little bit because I also like some Sung J.M. Uh, so this range I do have quite a bit of exposure to because you get such a price break. You can get all of these guys in your lineup if you want and just go completely balanced. And I don't think that's a bad strategy this week. All right, let me give you three more guys. Aaron Wise was T2 here last year. Luke List was T9. Keegan Bradley right there. Are those guys going to be chalky, or is that good chalk? Um, I think I don't think any of them is going to be massive chalk. Uh, I think I, I kind of like Keegan Bradley this week. He um, has a great game to fit this course. I haven't heard anyone talking about him, so I have, I'm going overweight on him this week. Luke List is a... Strictly a GPP guy. He can post a top 10 or he can miss the cut, which is kind of what he's done most of the year. Another good course for him. Um, so I have ownership of him. I don't have any Aaron Wise. He was playing, so he, he took T2 here last year and then won the next time out. So he was in a zone. He hasn't been very good this year. Uh, he hits the ball a long ways off the tee. I just don't love the price this week. The value doesn't seem like it's there for him. All right, let's drop down below 8,000, Jeff, and we're getting J.B. Holmes and Keith Mitchell, Daniel Berger, Sabatini. Names you like? I don't love this range because I got a lot of guys in that low to mid 8K range. I don't have a ton of exposure to this high 7K range. Um, if I were to pick my favorites, it would probably be Kevin Streelman at 7,700 and uh, Keith Mitchell at 7,800 would be my favorites. Keith Mitchell hits the ball a long ways. Uh, did take T34 here last year in his only appearance here. Um, he's got a ton of upside, as we've seen. So I do have some exposure to him. All right. As we drop further, are there guys in that lower 7,000 range, Wyndham Clark, Danny Lee, Kyung Hoon Lee, any Lee that you can think of that you like? <laughs> yeah, I like, I like the Lees this week. And especially if you're electing to go with Rory, you're going to have to spend some 
uh, time down in this range, this lower 7K range, because you'll probably do Rory and maybe one of those 8K guys and then rest in this low 7K. I like a bunch of them um, because I'm choosing to go with Rory. I like Wyndham Clark at 7,400. I like Trey Mullenix at 7,500. Uh, the, the Lees, I like Matt Jones has been playing really good golf. He's at 7,200. I like him quite a bit. Uh, and then Sam Burns also at 7,200 has been playing extremely well is long off the tee, uh, scores. So I have some exposure to him as well. All right. So when we look at these cheap guys like Sam Burns and, and the names that you mentioned and Matt Jones, what's the expectation at 7,200? What do we need from them in order to be somebody's rich friend? Well, it kind of depends. If you're going to be a rich friend, it's going to have to be a large field GPP. And then you're going to need probably a top 20 out of out of all six of your players, most likely. Now, occasionally, depending on how the tournament shakes down, you could have a guy who makes the cut and you know puts up a T50, but not very often. So mostly I'm targeting guys who are capable of, uh, you know, have a really high ceiling, capable of a high finish, not just a guy that can make the cut and post a T50, because that's probably not going to get it done. So I would err on the side of high upside, but then also real low downside. Uh, they might miss the cut for you. But those are the risks you take playing GPPs. All right, well, let's head down to the $7,000 range. And, of course, we're talking to Jeff Burgesson, FantasyGolfInsider.com, an outstanding site for PGA DFS, so check it out. $7,000 range. Chesson Hadley, Denny McCarthy, Ali, Harrison, uh, uh, sorry, Harold Varner. Do we like any names there? Yeah, Varner actually grew up in the area, so he's played in these, on these courses quite a bit. I like him this week. We've seen statistically he fits really well. Uh, Ali, possibly. Now, he DQ'd in his last time out, just one of those misrecorded um, scorecards, so I don't read too much into that. He had a couple okay finishes before that, uh, so I do like him a little bit. Uh, dropping down even further, there isn't a whole lot that I like in this 6K range, so I'd probably stick with those guys in the low 7K or yeah, low 7K range. Um, Johnson Wagner, we talked about Webb Simpson being a member of the course. So is Johnson Wagner. He's 6,700. You, you, you kind of get what you pay for. He, he He's up and down. You don't really know what you're going to get, but he took T13 last year. So if we could somehow muster that out of a guy who, for 6,700, we'd certainly take it. Well, that, that's another question I have as we move forward, as we move down. What do we do with those guys like uh, Sam Saunders? And what's the ex once again, I'll go with the expectation. If a guy in the 6,000s gets me a T40, is that going to be enough? Probably not. Uh, and that's why I don't usually own more than one guy in the 6K range on a roster. I mean, you could go stars and scrubs and own two studs and then own two or three guys down in the 6K range. But the chances that all three of them in the 6K range put up a top 20 is very, very slim. So I try and limit it and, and build my rosters around one guy in the 6K range, if that. Otherwise, I'll stay in the 7K range. But I wouldn't get too crazy in this, in this range. So when you do lineup construction, do you, well, when I get a Rory, okay, let's say I want to put Rory in at 11,800, how do I construct it without going too far down and, make, and, and getting too risky? Well, it depends on who your complimentary player is. So if you do Rory and then you want to just lock up another stud like Hideki, 
then you're going to have to be, you're going to have to own probably a couple guys in that 6K range because you're going to be down to about 7K less. So I generally like, if I'm going to Rory, to team him with a low 9K guy or an 8K guy, and that gives me a little bit more flexibility with my other four roster spots. So say, for instance, you want to do Rory and uh, Finau. You got 7,200 on average to do your other four guys. And I'm okay with finding four other guys in that low to mid 7K range. Or if you wanted to do one in the 6K, then you can go uh, probably three in the mid 7K range. That but would be the ideal build. Does, all right, so let's say I do that. Does that win a GPP to have four guys in 7,200? If I get Matt Jones and Sam Burns and Adam Hadwin and I throw with Rory and, and Finau, can I win that way? Yeah, you, you you could. Um you could the 6k range is is a stretch, but I think you get a lot of quality players in that 7k range uh that certainly can give you top 20s. Am I better off fading the top guys and just going for a bunch of those guys in that nine, you know, putting two or three guys in the 9000s? Is that a smarter build? I don't know if it's smarter, it's definitely a strategy and I will have teams with that build cuz you can do three guys in that 9K range and then the rest in the seven. It just kind of gives you three more really high quality guys. Or you could just go with an all 8K team this week because I think the, the quality in the 8K range is good too. Just depends on you know what type of build. And I don't think there's a wrong answer for any of them. So if I was looking into the secret Burgesson files, which uh, you would open to me because I'm your friend. How, <laughs> what percent would you have of like doing the Rory and that, those, that lineups versus the 9,000s versus the 8,000s? How would you diversify the portfolio? Well, I will tell you I have about 35% exposure to Rory McIlroy this week. So 35% of my teams. Now, probably half of those will have an upper 8K to lower 9K complimentary guy. And then the rest will be Rory and then um, high sevens to $8,000 players. So I have quite a few Rory, Luke List, Keegan Bradley type teams, um, stacks. Uh, and then um, I own, let's see, I don't own hardly any of the other guys right below Rory because then I'm dropping down to the Webb Simpson, Tony Finau, Phil Mickelson, Gary Woodland. So I have a 35% Rory, and then the rest of my teams will be those 9K guys. And I'm kind of steering clear of the other 10 and 11K guys. All right, so give me, give me a guy, Jeff. Who, who's going to win this tournament? You know, I'll give you um, – I'll say Jason Kokrak. I think he's been really close all year. I think this is a great course for him. Doesn't have tremendous tournament history, but he's a different player this year. He's found something in his game. He's doing everything well. And you can probably get him at, uh, let's see, what are current odds on him? 33 to 1. Uh, if you want to go a little bit longer, I'd say Johnny Vegas, Luke List, Keegan Bradley are all at 60 to 70 to 1. Uh, that wouldn't be bad bets either because I think all three of them have a chance to win as well. That is my favorite golf name, by the way, Johnny Vegas. If I can come back in another life, that's the name I want. All right, give me a guy you're good. Yeah, give me a guy you're fading up top. One guy that you're not touching whose people will play that you're not. Uh, I would say Justin Rose. I have zero exposure to Justin Rose this week. Now that being said, he'll probably go out and win. I just haven't liked what I've what I've seen from him this year. It's not the same Justin Rose that we've seen in the past. Uh, although I mean he played well at Torrey Pines, obviously. It just hasn't been as consistent, so I just don't see the the great value in him. If you have a chance to do to go to go with Rory this week for a little bit more, 
All right, last question. Give me a guy deep. We're digging deep. Give me a guy that nobody knows that we're going to know on uh, Sunday night. We're going to say, Jeff, gave me that guy. Oh, wow. Um, let's go with um, outside. I'll say Sam Burns. I mean, no one's really – I mean, he'll, he'll be owned. He'll be owned by 10 to 15% in DFS, but the, most of the people in the world watching it won't know who the hell he is. So uh, I think I'll go with him. You can get him at 100-plus odds, maybe 150. All right, I'll take my chances on that, my friend. All right, Jeff Burgesson, FantasyGolfInsider.com. Thanks for joining me as always. Appreciate it. Great, great time. Thanks, Doc. All right, be well. That's Jeff Burgesson, FantasyGolfInsider.com. Check out the site. It is one of my favorites out there. When I want to win PGA DFS, that's where I go. All right, we're going to come back. You know what we're going to do? Adam and I are going to look at the slate in baseball, MLB DFS. And I just want to go on record. Who gave you Spencer Turnbull last night? That's right. He was a visionary. I stayed away from Vince Velasquez. Who's going to be tonight's visionary pick? I don't know, but you'll have to stay tuned when full-time fantasy returns right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, Nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy. Rysel Iglesias allows his first earned run you know, over the last two weeks or so. Have you been surprised by his workload and where they've used him or no? He's still getting the majority of the save opportunities. Correct. He has taken on a pretty big workload so far to start the season, and he has six of their seven saves. So I had concerns about, you know, where were they going to use him? But 22 strikeouts and the fact that he has six of the seven saves, they'll sign up for what he's done. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. We're scout fantasy. I'm sorry. We're full-time fantasy. I apologize. So used to that, Ronis. Fulltimefantasy.com. 
formerly known as Scout Fantasy Sports. But what I need you to know is the 2019 NFL Draft is in the books. And for fantasy football players and their NFL betters, the season starts now. If you're serious about fantasy football, it's never too early to start prepping for the 2019 season. And Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis, Maddock, and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. I think I know your answer to this, Ronas, but if I said you could only cover football, I'm going to give you a job, but you're only covering football. Would you be happy? No. Would you take it? Yeah, if it was right. Uh, so, yeah, I actually uh, almost had to do something where it would have been only basketball. Mm, I, look, in the right spot, I would do it. But, you know, obviously, I love baseball a lot. So it would suck not to cover it. But, hey, if that's what it would be, and hopefully it would allow me to do baseball maybe on my own or something, depending obviously if that, what that company does, you know, because right, right. yeah, you can still do off season, but the off season for football is not as intense as the in season. Cause it's just, it's crazy. Cause it's only like twice a week, but it's still, it's so busy. During oh football. yeah. And you're breaking it down waivers one day and then Thursday night game and then yeah, injuries. lineup decisions yeah. and analyzing yeah. games and DFS. Yeah, that's a lot. All right, let's get to afternoon baseball. The A's are playing the Red Sox. It's 3-1 Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox did one of those games. Hector Velasquez started, then Marcus Walden came in, then Brandon Workman came in. Would you be happy going to a game like that where you just saw, like, piece, piece together pitching? Uh, no, but I think they kind of they knew they were going to have to do this with uh, Velasquez, that he wasn't going to go very deep into the game. and. Obviously, they were fortunate to get three innings out of Waldman just to get them to the six. So, uh, you know, Red Sox, uh, just an awful start to the season. But, you know, they're still capable of making a big run because basically the pitchers have really struggled. We saw Porcello was excellent in his last start. Sale has improved. It's not dominant. Uh, Price has been very good. Eduardo Rodriguez has been erratic. He was coming off a good start and was shaky the other night. So... Uh, they still have the ability to to make a big run because a lot of these bats haven't gotten going. Mookie Betts has started to heat up. Chavez has been a really nice addition for them. You know, Moreland hit his ninth home run today. So, uh, and Jackie Bradley's just off to the worst start you could imagine at 156, 230 OBP, and a 189 slugging percentage. So, I liked uh, him coming into the year. By the way, he's been terrible. He's been awful. Uh, so you know, this team just can still make a run. I just think they're too good to be this bad for this period of time, but uh, they're fortunate that the Yankees have not been able to run away with it because of all the injuries they have had. Of course, the Rays have been playing really good baseball, but uh, I, I expect the Red Sox to improve. All right, Kansas City's playing the Rays. Kansas City's winning 3-2. Mondesi with his fourth home run. Whit Merrifield with a six stolen base. Jake Junis, five innings, two runs. Uh, the Rays, what happened here with uh, Blake Snell? So Kostanek played is pitching this game. Uh, let up three runs in that inning with a home run, and Jalen Beeks coming in for three innings. Wasn't Snell was supposed to? Is, did they go to doubleheader today? What did they do? Yes, he is starting game two of the doubleheader. 
Okay, just checking on that one. And then Texas-Pittsburgh, that game really shocked me last night where uh, the Texas pitcher was great. Uh, this game is one nothing. Shelby Miller beating Jamison Tyon. Uh, Jamison Tyon, Ronas, ERA of 4.09. I was expecting great things. I've gotten okay things from him. Well, it could be worse. You could have Noah Syndergaard. You could have Chris Sale. Uh, so there's a lot worse positions to be in. It's just kind of the way the season has been. A lot of these pitchers just really haven't lived up to uh, their expectations. So uh, I think he'll be better. I think maybe some people just – I think maybe the expectations were a little too high for Tyon. Again, I like them. Um, and I actually don't have him in a lot of leagues. I just think everyone – kind of pushed him up. Uh, like, I know I had Clevenger ahead of Tyon. I took Clevenger ahead of Tyon in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. And obviously Clevenger is hurt, but Clevenger, at least early on, was looking like he was going to take another step up. Uh, just the, for Tyon right now, it's really just the strikeouts are a little bit down. But I, I'm not worried about him. He's not walking guys. He's not allowing home runs, which is great in this era where so many home runs are being hit. Uh, it's just that the strikeouts are, are down from last year. He's at 19.1% for his strikeout rate. He's still getting a lot of ground balls. He's not allowing a lot of hard contact. Uh, so I'm not worried about Ty, and I think he'll get better. It's just the, the lack of strikeouts right now have been a little bit of a disappointment, which is kind of crazy because his swinging strike percentage is uh, career best. So I think Tyon's going to be fine. All right, I'm going to go very quickly through this. The, there's, an, there's some afternoon games. The Yankees against the Diamondbacks, Tanaka against Merrill Kelly. The 4-10 game between Baltimore and the White Sox, David Hess and Carlos Radon. We've got that 4-45 game with Blake Snell and Glenn Sparkman. And then a 6-40 start with John Lesta against Marco Gonzalez. So let's take a look at the night slate, Adam. There's a few games here. Detroit against Philadelphia. Daniel Norris against Aaron Nola. Minus 235. I told you I liked Spencer Turnbull yesterday, but I think I like Nola tonight. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, Detroit only put up three runs anyway. It's not like they went off offensively. Nico Goodrum with a home run. So Nola has been better. Uh, you know, you talk about disappointments. Uh, if you're sitting with Aaron Nola right now, you're not happy for the price you paid. But it's a good matchup here. Uh, and uh, I think Nola's definitely in play tonight. Somebody offered me a trade in FSTA. They offered me Carlos Radon and Michael Chavez for Aaron Nola. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, like yeah. really? Wait, and what? I'd rather FSTA? lose. I'd, yeah, the FSTA league. Oh, come on, man. Do you like, want to know guys, who offered it to me? Wait, guys, who? If you, it's up second. to you if you want to. I mean, come That's on, a, man. That, that is just so stupid. Like, who is going to accept a trade like that? Someone's going to spend an early-round pick on Arenola, and Carlos Rodon is one of the most cons- inconsistent pitchers in baseball, and Chavez, who has been good, and I think he does stick around. I know they're going to attempt to give Dustin Pedroia an opportunity, but we all know Pedroia is not staying healthy. Eduardo Nunez is nothing special. Chavez has provided a spark and hit well, so he's not going anywhere. But really, for Carlos Rodon, I mean, uh, come on, man. That's like Wait, the, it's just insulting. I'm trying to think. Who, I'm, give me a second. Who is ESPN.com, Ronis? In that league, oh, it's, I don't it's know. In, it's in labor. Oh, Stefania Bell. Oh, my God, Stefania Bell from ESPN.com offered me that. Now, I don't know if that's actually Stefania's team or somebody is helping her. I don't know, but let's assume it's her team. Stefania offered me that wonderful deal. Yeah, I mean, Radon has a ERA approaching five. The strikeouts are there, but the walks are high, and that's always been his problem. So, like, I'm not sold on him. He's on a bad team. I understand you're trying to buy on Nola, you're hoping an owner is panicking, 
but you got to offer something better than that. Anyone, and she's selling very high on Chavez, by the way. Very high. Can he hold that job for the rest of the year? Yeah, I think he can. Uh, as I just said, I just don't think Dustin Pedroia can stay healthy. I think that they're going to give him. When Pedroia is ready to go, they'll probably try and get him in there maybe two, three times a week. But he's just not going to be able to stay healthy. And when you have a guy like Chavez who's come in and hit, why are you taking him out of the lineup for? And this is a team right now that can't be patient. You know, they got off to such a putrid start. You know the Yankees are going to get better once they start getting guys back. So, you know, I say this with the Mets. You can't give away games. In the National League East, that's a division where they're just beating each other up. And the Red Sox are going to get are getting to that position now. The Rays are off to a great start, and that team is not a fluke. They are legit. The Yankees are going to improve. The Twins are off to a great start. The Indians may be at a bat. They've actually well, played well, pretty speak, well considering speak, everything. Speaking of the Indians, would you offer her Corey? Klu- would you say Corey Kluber and Michael Chavez for Nola, and hope that Kluber fixes that's it? more. That's more fair. Like that's a more reasonable offer. Would that you do I that think- if you were me? No, I have more faith in Nola than Kluber. I do too. Yeah, I have to let. I have to wait for Nola to fix it. Have to wait for him to fix it. Yeah, and he, he started to come around. He had the good start at Coors Field too. Uh, you know, and every pitcher goes through struggles at some point during the season. It's just we're seeing a lot of the top tier guys just, you know, struggle now. And, it, you know, it's different. Like if this happens in July, it's not as big a deal. But when you're sitting there and you're staring at a five, six, eight ERA, you're like, what the hell? And the biggest problem for Nola right now has been an increase in walks and home runs. Like I watched a couple of his starts and it's just he cannot consistently find the strike zone, which is so odd because he's always been a guy that's not really walked many guys and has been, you know, someone that can throw strikes. But this year, man, like last year, he had a 69.4% first pitch strike rate. Constantly in the strike zone this year, it's 53.2%. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the cold weather. I know Noah Syndergaard recently said that he has not felt comfortable throwing his slider because every time he gets a new ball, it feels like an ice cube. So it, we know there, there could be something up with the balls, and, and Nola is a big slider guy. I don't know. I haven't seen any comments from him, but maybe that's a, an issue. I know he has thrown the slider less uh, for, for Syndergaard this year. So uh, I don't know, but, yeah, I mean, I think Nola is going to get better. He, he All right, so let's, to. let's go through the rest of the games on the slate. There are a bunch, so we'll go speedy, speedy. Cardinals against the Nationals. Mikolas against Scherzer. Who do you like? I mean, I like Scherzer, but I don't think you really have to pay up for him tonight and it is a tough spot he's a minus 155 favorite Cardinals are tough lineup uh there are a lot of good options on the slate tonight but uh I mean if you want to pay up for sure sure I mean he's not as bad as the four point yeah I wouldn't I I wouldn't I don't think I'm playing him tonight all right the Reds against the Mets Steve Scalfani who's pitched very well recently against Jacob deGrom who has not pitched well recently yeah, and I think the over-under on this game is six and a half. It's yeah. chilly here. They're going to play. There might There's some rain, uh, 30 40% chance they'll play. But the over-under is six and a half, but Mets are still big favorites. Yeah, it's difficult for me to – I think you want to see DeGrom pitch well before you go to him. And I think the, the velocity was fine last game. He just couldn't command the, the, the baseball. All right, Cleveland against the Marlins. Corey Kluber against Caleb Smith. I like Caleb Smith a lot. I like Caleb Smith, too. Uh, I would use him here. I know I the Indians really lineup will. has been a little bit better lately. Uh, but uh, he's They don't hit, hit lefty pitchers really well, though. Yeah, I mean, because you got, well, I mean, you got 
the uh, switch hitters. You got Cargo, who's lefty. But yeah, I, I, I like Caleb Smith tonight. I mean, the only problem you worry about is the win. Cleveland's a minus one thirty favorite, but the over under in this game six and a half as well. And Kluber's got a five eight one ERA. He's been hittable again. Now it is All May. Right. Right. No, I, we, we always said he's a very slow starter. He's always a slow starter, but I like Caleb Smith. All right, Padres against Atlanta. Cal Quantrill against Max Freed. Freed struggled the last time. Um, I do like the Padres. That lineup is pretty good against, against lefties. Uh, they do. They've got some power. Obviously, Fran Reyes is a beast. Two more home runs yesterday, including an opposite field home run. Uh, but they do strike out quite a bit. How about Hunter Renfro tonight? If he plays, I don't know if he's going to play. I mean, that's he's it's a frustrating guy. Is just Reyes' price? I don't think went up on Fanduel, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's higher on DK. I think it's low on Fanduel. So he's I'm very sure cheap a lot, on Fanduel. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of people are going to play him, but against the lefty issue. But I, I do like Freed. I mean, he's uh, pretty cheap too. I think he's a solid SP two on DK. All right, Colorado against the Brewers. Sensatella against Chase Anderson. Nine is the over under. Yeah, I don't like either of these pitchers. Although right, the Rockies still do not hit on the road, even in a favorable environment in Milwaukee. They can't hit. All right, Baltimore against the White Sox. Kashner, Nova. This was yesterday's game. Bringing it back today. Giddy up. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are going to uh, stack this game, and you can understand why. Although, since it's a double header, you might not know the lineups by lineup lock. Oh, that's, that's, well, it's a 740 game here for that one. Uh well no they got a double header they they got a right. game at four so oh right yeah yeah you're absolutely right good call good call so you're probably not going to know the lineups all right Houston Minnesota Colin McHugh against Martin Perez I like uh I, I like McHugh I don't know if I'm going to use him I know he was bad last time out but he's been really good this year outside of one outing. Perez has shown improvement, but he's had some favorable matchups. I just I can't like him against Houston. I'm interested to see how he performs. His velocity's up, but he's had some favorable matchups. This is one of the tougher ones against Houston, who uh, put up some runs last night. All right, Hinjin Ryu against Mad Bum. This is a seven total here. Would you play this game? I'm going to fade this game. I would play Ryu. Uh, I love this guy. When he's healthy, he's always good. He's faced the Giants once already. He went seven innings, allowed five hits and two runs. Uh, San Fran's one of the worst offenses in baseball, and especially against lefties. So I, I like Ryu. All right, and finally, Marcus Stroman, your guy Stroman, against Felix Pena. And Felix Pena, we determined the last time, when he goes against a team that strikes out a lot, he's pretty good. The Blue Jays do strike out a lot. Is he sneaky tonight? Uh, yeah, uh, I think so. You know, they actually did let him go uh, – Wait, I think, didn't they use the opener in that game? And then he went five yeah. innings against the Yankees? Right. Yeah, yeah, so that's the only thing. Okay, they've slowly kind of built him up. He's thrown 90 pitches once this year. That last start against the Yankees, he went 78. The one before, 71. Now, he did have eight strikeouts against the Yankees. So I think this is a case of if you're looking for minimal damage from your SP2 on DraftKings, I think he's in play. Um, I kind of really haven't figured out and, and put the pitching combos together on DK. How, do you know how much pain he is offhand? I Are don't, you? but okay. I can tell you. I can tell you this. I think on a night like tonight, I play very judiciously because you got the Scherzers and the Degroms and the Klubers right. and the Nolas. So when I play in a night like this, I probably look to the Caleb Smiths and the Penas, and I try to stack offenses and get lucky. This is I don't and I don't play heavily tonight because I know that that just smells like a loser. Right. I mean, and your plan obviously is not to pay up for those pitchers, so you don't want to be on the side of if you're wrong and 
two or three of those pitchers all of a sudden have the dominant outings. The Scherzer has the 12 Ks, eight innings, one run. DeGrom all of a sudden figures it out, which is possible against the Reds. So if you're fading those guys, you don't want to be on the opposite end if those guys come through. Right, right, exactly. I just have to... I, look, I can't go too heavily because there's a good chance DeGrom could own tonight. What if he's great? What if he and goes Scherzer eight innings? Yeah, and you know what? I, I might have one. If I could find a good enough team to stack the other way, I would do one lineup with those guys and just see what happens. What if they're dominant and give me 50 points each? So, I, I, But I think you, a night like tonight is much harder to me than another night when you get Eduardo Rodriguez and Mike Fears and Rick Porcello. Those guys are easier to, to, easier to stack against. Right. And, you know, I think so far, if you have not paid up for pitching in the first month, more often than not, it has worked out. But you got to think at some point, these guys are going to start putting it together. I mean, it just, we can't go the whole season with Nola with an ERA over five and DeGrom. I, I just find it difficult for that to continue, unless these guys are all hurt. Look, I will play Nola tonight. I will. I'll put a team with Nola, and I'll say, I can't believe that he would suck against Detroit. Might he suck? Yes, but I'm going to go down swinging at him. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if the ownership will be as high as we think because of the other arms on the slate. Right, exactly. I think we can get him a little lower owned and at a little discount. So we'll have to see. All right, stay tuned for another hour of full-time fantasy with Adam Ronas. This is Dr. Roto saying be well, take care. Back tomorrow. Stay tuned right after this.